Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. Are you afraid of being on a camera? You don't know what you're supposed to talk about? Do you wonder what equipment and software you need in order to create videos? Listen to this week's episode of LinkedIn Smart Podcast because we're going to talk to Gillian Whitney. And Gillian is a video marketing coach for B2B professionals. So she will tell you all about LinkedIn videos. Here is Gillian Whitney. Julian, uh, it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on LinkedIn Smart Ford Podcast. Finally, uh, thank you very much for for coming, and I hope you will enjoy uh, this podcast. Absolutely, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Julian. Um, before we um, dip into into your expertise, which is um, LinkedIn videos, I would like to ask you, as I ask all my guests on on this podcast, um, how have you started with LinkedIn? So I, typical kind of person, started with LinkedIn years ago thinking it was somewhere you threw your resume up and you might get a job one day. And I did nothing, left it, started my own business and came back about two years ago. And I had decided I didn't want to do Facebook anymore. I was really involved with Facebook, but the organic reach was terrible. Decided LinkedIn is where I should go for my marketing business. And when I came back, it was just like, oh my gosh, where do I start? I had about 200 connections. So literally, I this summer, I really will have been on LinkedIn doing it correctly for only about two years. So I'm still relatively new to LinkedIn, to be honest with you. But once I got onto LinkedIn, I decided I needed to have a strategy. I needed to learn how to do it right. And I began to follow people. And the first person I began to follow was John Asperian. And once I learned the secret sauce from John Asperian, I knew how to up my game with LinkedIn and it started to roll. So that's what I recommend for everybody. Follow LinkedIn leaders to understand how the platform works and then start doing your content. So I mm. became a student first, student All first, right. now a teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. Um, what, uh, what, was, what was so appealing uh, on LinkedIn for you? The business audience. So as a small business owner, and I, am, I was doing marketing in general, online marketing at the time, I've now switched to dedicate myself to video marketing. But in the beginning, I was a general marketer helping people with online uh, social media, how to do email marketing, all those general things about marketing. And as like any small business owner, you, you want to have you want to have clients and you say, I know I can do it if I could just get in front of the right people. And I had built a course and kind of nobody came, made a website, nobody came. And that's when I realized, okay, you need to do something to get in front of the right people. And it's all about brand awareness. And I thought that LinkedIn had my ideal client, my target market was on LinkedIn. So that's why I decided. It, that's the platform for me. Mm, awesome. Um, <clears throat> so today I would like to talk to you about uh, your expertise and, and that is LinkedIn videos. Um, it's, uh, you know, that topic is very close to my heart as well. 
And uh, I love your videos. I love, I love your videos. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I love doing videos as well. But I know it's not it's not very natural for many people to you know to come on camera and uh, to to uh, you know to stand in front of the camera. And um, so so where do you where do you start with um, with LinkedIn videos with your with your clients? Well, with my clients, what I do is I talk about three things. So the first thing is helping them. So I see myself as a video coach. So instead of doing done for you services, I do offer that, but primarily I'm helping people, empowering them to do their own videos. So that's ideally what I, I choose to help people with. So there's three things that I find people need help with. Number one is the fear of getting over the fear of being on camera in the first place. Because until you deal with that, it doesn't matter. I can show you all the tech in the world, but if you're afraid to turn on the camera, that's where we have to start. So I talk to people about getting over the fear of being on camera. Then once we move through that, then it's about, well, what do I say once I'm on camera? What, you know, what, what do I want to talk about? Because again, if you're giving the wrong message, if it's too salesy, you know, all those different things. If you're not creating value, nobody's going to listen to you. So it has to be of interest. It can't be rambling, all those different things. And then the third thing that I move on to is the tech, because it's one thing to just shoot a video and throw it up on LinkedIn. But you and I both know as video marketers that there's things you need to do. You want to work on captions and timing and, you know, can you make it square so it looks bigger in the newsfeed, all these different things. And that's what I found was sort of the secret nobody was talking about is how do you do this? How does the ordinary person just learn how to do a simple from the heart talking head video and put it up and make it look professional? So that's ideally how I wanted to address doing video and make it easy for people, not so hard. Okay, so let us let us dissect these three um, three different aspects and areas which you were uh, talking about. And first, you were saying that basically you're helping your clients to get over the fear standing in front of a camera. So, what are your techniques, and uh, you know how do you do that? So one of the things is I have a very strong Toastmasters background. So I have a strong background in public speaking. So I come from it in that perspective. And it's the same communication skills, whether you're talking about being in an audience in a big stadium, you know, with, you know, 200, 300 people, or just turning on the camera, it's the same fear. It's the same barriers. And what it is, is we think people are dissecting us. We get on the camera and they're going to look and say, oh my gosh, you know, she doesn't look good. And she, her hands are waving and all those different things. And in reality, people really don't care how you look. They're not noticing you the way you think you are. They're more interested in what is your message and what is it valuable for me? And I tell people when, and this is a trick from Toastmasters in public speaking, when you focus on your audience first, it reduces your fear. It takes the limelight off of you. And if you put it onto the person that you're trying to talk to, that helps eliminate the feel, the fear. And I always tell people, fear is false evidence appearing real. It's a barrier. And the way you need to get over your fear is literally turning on the camera, practicing, but I tell people, don't do this as a dare. Don't feel you have to, you know, turn on the camera and just, I'm going to post it to LinkedIn anyways. 
No, practice, get comfortable with it. That's the only way we learn how to do something. Just like a marathon runner, you're not gonna just go run a marathon. You gotta get out every morning. Remember those old Rocky movies? He had to go out every morning and he could barely walk up those steps, you know? But by the end of the movie, after training every day, he flew up those steps and was cheering for himself. That's the same thing we have to do with video. Baby steps, do a little bit of time and you'll find out that the fear starts to go away, but you have to do it at your own pace and not ever do it as a dare. Mm. Is there is there any any specific technique which you which you're using? I mean, I know that you mentioned um, you know, just practicing doing doing things. Sometimes I heard that some some of the, the video coaches saying um talk to camera as it um, it were it were your friend. Um yes. do you have any anything specific like that? That, that is exactly what I recommend to people. So I'll say to people, if you are uncomfortable talking on camera, get on a Zoom call like this, get your spouse, get a friend to be on the, on the call with you. You could pin your screen so you're the one being filmed, not your friend. And then you can later do the magic of editing and it wouldn't even look like there was somebody on the call. So I have a, a cute little trick where I tell people, um, Take a little post-it note and put it up where the camera is because you always want to look at the lens, not at yourself like I'm doing right now, but you want to look at the lens. And I have a little guy called Lenny and he's just my little cartoon and I put him up by the lens so I remember to look at the lens, but also too, that reduces my fear. It makes it fun. I think of somebody on the other side of the camera and that helps eliminate the fear. And I also tell people, don't have a script because that'll just makes you anxious. You know, don't try and memorize things. And storytelling. When we tell a story, we get wrapped up in our story. It's almost like we relive it in our head. And that, again, is a way to reduce anxiety. So if I tell people, stop with the teleprompter, you know, don't take your page of notes and sit there and read it because you're going to look sketchy reading across the screen. Just look to the camera know generally what you want to talk about, make maybe like three bullet points, know what you basically want to talk about, tell a story, make a point. And that's, again, a great way to reduce your anxiety and your fear. Awesome. So that's that's the uh, point number one, which you mentioned, right? Like you're talking about, about how to overcome the fear. Second was, um, you mentioned message, right? The content, what do you want to say? And um, so so how do you, how do you help... Um, people or your clients to craft the proper message? Okay, so first of all, you have to know who your target market is. So a lot of times I will tech, talk with people and say, do you even know who you're talking to? Do you even know who's going to buy your services? And as soon as they tell me, everybody, it's like, okay, wait a minute. If you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. You have to figure out who is your target market. And then you want to zero it in. And I tell people, I liken it to a Facebook ad. If you've ever done a Facebook ad and you go to run a Facebook ad and you get this audience and you go, I'm going to go broke. Like this is so big, so broad. I got to start narrowing it down. So for instance, when I sold my home, I had to think about, well, what kind of person would be good for this home? It'd probably be somebody with a lot of kids because it had a lot of bedrooms. It had a lot of stories, maybe not something that would be good for an elderly couple. So again, it helps me narrow it down. And then once you have your sort of target audience, then kind of look 
to your target audience. And think of that one guy in the crowd that's waving going, pick me, who do you want to talk to? And this little guy going, pick me, pick me, and then pick that guy and envision him. And so for instance, my target market is a guy called Bob. And Bob is about 40 years old, maybe he's 45, 50, but sort of then that 40, 40 age, age, he's an insurance agent. I've kind of know what he looks like. And I envision Bob on the other side of that lens. And then he's a real person. And then I think about Bob, what are Bob's problems with marketing? And he's probably a lot like I was. He's got a website that's not getting any traffic. He knows he can help people if only he could get in front of them. So again, you begin to say, okay, what are the, what are the things that are keeping Bob's audience up all night? You know, and that's how I would help Bob figure out what does he want to do his video about? What are the problems and how does Bob present his service as the solution? And then I have another secret formula, which is a website called Answer the Public. And you can go onto that website and you can type in any topic under the sun and it will tell you the questions that people are asking. So again, that's a way to find the value of what, do you, what does your target audience, your ideal customer, what do they want to know? And that's what I tell people to do videos about, not just, hey, buy my stuff. <laughs> Nobody wants to buy your stuff. They want you to solve their problem. Yeah, that's very, very true. And uh, I really second that because um, I think uh, if we start uh, putting ourselves in the shoes of our clients, our customers, then we see the world from rather different place. And we suddenly realize that um, the topics which we can uh, create video about is that there are, you know, uh, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them, really. And uh, as you mentioned, answerthepublic.com, I, I really love that page as well. I use it, okay. it very often uh, to find some proper topics for um, different different videos and different uh, um, industries. Um, is there any anything, any specific uh, formula or template um, as the, the, the message of the video should be crafted? What, 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 uh, what is your take on this? I do have a video strategy template that I have for my clients, but it is really more along the lines of just keeping them organized. Don't necessarily have a template. It's, I always recommend either you have one point that you're going to do your whole video about, and then you just kind of, you, you do it like you craft it like a speech. So you want to have your beginning, your end, the middle. And you want, and if you're going to do something and have several points, I always tell people three, three is a magic number. You don't want to have more than that because people just don't remember it anyways. So I tell people, keep it very, very simple. And then that makes it easier for you as well. So for instance, I've done videos where I'll talk about, I'm going to give you three quick video tips to help you use your iPhone to make better videos. So I'll just go through, you know, you want to have good lighting, you want to have a stable video, and you want to have good audio. And then that way, it keeps me very focused. And to me, that's a really easy template. Just one thing. So tell a story, make a point, do one or three quick tips. People love the word quick. <laughs> they love it. Yeah. And Jillian, uh, what, I, what I've heard you saying, actually, and you, you mentioned it, you don't start with, hi, my name is Jillian and I'm a video marketing coach and la la la. That's really not it. Right. And definitely we should not start with the logo of our company. That's that's also no, no. Right. 
I agree. I agree. Because there's nothing worse than, you know, you can maybe get away with that on YouTube, but not LinkedIn, because you have to realize people are scrolling through new, the news feed. There's lots of competition. There's lots of noise. So if you start having a musical introduction and things are twirling and swirling and all sorts of stuff, people are like, gone. You know, you, they say that, I think they talk about like the attention span of a goldfish is like eight seconds, something along that line. And so you realize you have probably about three to six seconds to grab somebody's attention before they're scrolling on past. So even if you start saying, hi, my name is Jillian Whitney. I work for Launch for Life and I do this and I'm a video marketing coach. They're gone. They're gone. So you have to jump right in. And that's why I really like these sort of, I call them sandwich videos, but they're the square video where you have the headline at the top, you have the captions at the bottom. Because to me, if you're hearing that first line that says, have you ever had this happen to you? You're going to stop. That, that's a hook. That's a, you know, you think of it as like fishing. You just want to like have some bait. And so if you have that as a, a really either thought provoking or a question or something that just kind of just jumps right out at them, and then it's mirrored with the headline at the top of your video, it's two chances that people are going to stop and, and hear it. And I tell people, try and avoid a music track. If you want to do a music track at the end, that's good. But don't start off with, you know, 15, 20 seconds of music, you know, and your logo flying in and out and, you know, fireworks and stuff like that, because they're not going to stay for it. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, when when we're scrolling through the feed, um, we're looking for those, um, uh, what what they call it, thumb stoppers, basically, yes. you where you stop and then and then you watch the video or you you read it um, or read the post whatever is that so so um, I think what you mentioned is so uh, important to really understand how much focus we need to be on the first you know few seconds because that's um, that way it, you know makes or breaks your video really um, because then you know people people will or will not watch it and um, you might lose a lot of opportunities by just doing some some silly things like introductions or as you mentioned uh, you know flying logos and um, or music intros and all these kind of uh, fancy things um and i, I actually i i'm uh, we're using we're using one system which we call pas which is like a problem agitating solution um so which is which is kind of like a arc of a story you know where you first and as you as you mentioned you know you start with you know the the problem what is you know what is um, um uh, what is the issue which uh, the client have and then you know agitate it a little bit and then bring bring your solution um with that i would like to ask um where do you normally I mean, how do you advise about call to action? Because I think that's, that's also very important to understand, you know, um, probably, you know, where to place it. Should we place it in there? Wouldn't that be too salesy? Um, what is your take on this? Well, it sort of depends what the call to action is. Sometimes um, I don't, I often I'll make a video and I forget to put the call to action in the video until I'm done. And I'm like, oops. 
And I think for the most part, it's okay to put your call to action in the post. And sometimes your call to action could be, has this ever happened to you? Or it could be, you know, if this resonates for you, could you leave a comment in the post below? Or do you need, you know, do you need help doing captions? What are your questions? So sometimes your call to action can just be engagement on your video. It doesn't necessarily have to be, go to my website, <laughs> sign up for my free course or something like that. And for the most part, I don't really encourage people to do a lot of salesy type videos because I think I specialize in people who are at the brand awareness stage. When you kind of want to do more of the conversion, like sign up for my course or do those sort of things, those are better served, I think, on your website or on YouTube in that I, I just don't find those do as well in LinkedIn. So I don't do those myself very much. It's more along the lines of I'm using LinkedIn to basically the marketer's motto, know, like, and trust me. And I figure that if it's really clear on my profile, what my services are, what I do, and, and this is why I tell people the two videos you want to have on LinkedIn is you want to have an introduction so that people know who you are. And then you want to have them make sure they understand what exactly do you do? You know, not just who am I, Jillian Whitney, but who am I, Jillian Whitney, the marketing video marketing coach. So if that's really clear, I feel that when they're ready to buy and they decide, yes, I would like to work with her, then they'll go check out my website check out my services. And if I make that clear and I make that sort of link from LinkedIn to my website, maybe I don't have to do so much of that on LinkedIn. Mm. So what I hear you saying is basically it really depends on what uh, the purpose and objective of the video is. And you craft the message around uh, these different objectives. Uh, how important is story for you uh, in a video? Huge, huge. I love storytelling. I feel that People hear stories and we're just comfortable. We're comfortable listening to stories. It relaxes us. We feel like, oh, they're not trying to just make me buy something. We just, we relax. But also too, we remember stories. So people will come back to me and say, you, you told this story about like when you were, you know, a kid and you did this and you tripped in the school play. They remember the stories. But if I tell them just, you know, they don't remember so much if I tell them, well, you know, video converts at 78.6%. People don't remember facts and figures, but they remember stories because it's almost as if they step into it with you. You will like invite them in, you draw them in. So I tell people storytelling is the best and people, and don't tell other people's stories. Like, you know, don't go tell the story about, you know, the, 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 the same story where the starfish, there's like the starfish story where it's like the guy sees the starfish in the beach and he keeps throwing them in and saying, uh, you know, who's making a difference? I'm making a difference for that starfish. Everybody knows that story. It's like, it's boring already. Tell your own stories. And when people say, oh, I don't, I don't have any stories. Yes, you do. We all have stories. You just need to brainstorm and think about it. So for instance, I was in a clubhouse session yesterday with the Fab Four, which I, I love their clubhouse. And they were talking about 
childhood memories and what was the best gift that you ever got and everybody had a story and it wasn't just about the gift it was the it was the story behind the story what did that really mean what did it mean to get a bicycle when you're 10 years old and you know what we were all there we could all see somebody out on a bicycle trying to get home before the lights went on and you know just all that how we grew up and stories bring us together. They connect us. It's wonderful. So storytelling, that's huge. That's huge. Mm. And I think one, one of the things which uh, we actually discussed with one of the podcast guests early on, I think Luisa, um, where we were talking about, about the stories and she mentioned one, one thing and she, um, uh, I, it brought me to, to think about, about my own stories because I often have, I mean, we all have stories. That's, that's for, for sure. Um, the the issue is how to connect these stories with with our business or with our current situation, and I think that's really something which we can learn. And I'm I'm just trying to 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 think about you know how to do that in in our daily life, so so that the stories become an inspiration for uh, for our business for our daily life, and then that which you know makes that that bridge. Uh, I would say the emotional bridge from just to be a story, standalone story, but standalone story with some kind of, um, um, I don't know, I don't want to say moral uh, thing, but you know what I mean, but with some kind of ending, which, which means um, uh, say relevant to our business. What, what, how, do, do you have any, any technique for this or? I do it like you say, the moral of the story, but you don't say moral of the story, but that's exactly what you mean. So you talk about, you know, I could talk about the day that I found my dog at the pound, you know, and I can think about that. And what's the moral of the story? And sometimes I will use what's called mind mapping, where you take an idea and you draw a circle on a piece of paper. And this is like, literally, you got to get out pen and paper for this. And I would put dog story, you know, how did I get Max, my dog, my, my, he's like my mascot. And I could start thinking about what was the story of Max, and then start making little circles, like little spokes out from that and just say, why did I choose that dog? What has this dog done for me? Ask questions about that story, kind of like going back and like putting your story under a microscope. And I could sit and say, Um, Oh, the the moral of the story is the dog that didn't want to be adopted was the one that called to me. And that is how I work with my customers. I want to work with the people that are kind of, you know, I don't have to go begging for them. They're saying, I don't need you. You know, you can make these jumps. So you just kind of say, what are, what's the moral of the story? And there could be 15, you know, there could be 15 different ones. And then you say, which one matches best with what I want to talk about. And so a lot of times, you know, for instance, talking about getting a bike at 10 years old, what does that mean? It means that my parents gave me the ability to be independent, or maybe my mother wanted me to be adventurous. And now I say, okay, so what am I doing in my life today that's adventurous? Oh, I pick up and move to other countries. I don't have a house. I'm moving all over the United States. I'm still riding a bike. You know, you kind of look at these things and say, what could they be a metaphor? And then go with it and play with it. And so you do have to be a little creative, but sometimes just keep brainstorming. And you might say, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. This is a good one. Get yourself a couple of different ideas and then just 
and make a little tickler file. I call it a tickler file where every time I think of a story throughout my entire life, like, oh, maybe I got locked out of the house once. What did that mean? And then I'll write these stories down and keep them in a spreadsheet, in a journal, you know, Trello board, it doesn't matter. And then just whatever idea you have of what could this story be a great illustration for, then you've got it. So, you, you know, all of a sudden one day you're saying, I need a story about, you know, resilience. Oh yeah, maybe I'll talk about my dog. <laughs> And there you go. You got a great video. Yeah, fantastic. Actually, um, uh, I was the the other day. I was watching. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a football fan. Uh, I was watching. I mean, the the soccer. Uh, you know, football football fan. Um, and I was watching one uh, one match, and uh, the team was losing to nil, and it was close to the end, and they were kind of like a you know, it was almost the end really. But they kind of didn't give up, and they fight, 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 and they actually won in overtime 3-2. So they scored three goals within five minutes in, in overtime, which was absolutely fantastic. And I was thinking about it. And then I was actually recording a message to a friend of mine. And I said, like, you know, this is like when we think about our business, are we actually putting that effort until the very end, very last moment? Do we actually put that effort or we give up in the, you know, like 85 minute because we already leading to null and we know that, you know, everything will be fine. Well, so so kind of like that, that got me thinking that there are a lot of metaphors and a lot of these parallels which we can which we can draw uh, between our stories which we experience in our daily life and our business. And I think that's that's beautiful to put it afterwards in a, in a video because as you mentioned, that's the con emotional connection between us and our clients, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I tell people too, be a student of other videos. I always tell people, Go through LinkedIn and use that save feature where you can save any post that you see. But I tell them, concentrate on the video post. Anytime you see a video, save it. And then now let's do some you know, deconstruction. What did you like about it? Did you like that the way that they told the story? What was their point? You know, do you have a story that would make the same point? So, you know, if you can't think of things yourself. It's not necessarily stealing, but it's looking at other videos as inspiration. So for instance, with your videos, I love your sense of humor. You know, I was looking at your video the other day of when you were talking about how to get likes and you lean over. First of all, your, your video talents are like second to none. They're just awesome. But when you were like leaning over and then you just kind of rubbed it out and then it was just like, woo. You know, it was so cute. It was so fun. And so you would be saved as my example of a humorous video. You do a lot of humor, like what you did the thing with the background and you were, you were doing stuff and it's just so clever. So I would save those and say, this is great examples. But then if I could sit and analyze it and say, what exactly did you do that I enjoyed? Then I can learn how to replicate that not exactly like you, and I don't tell people to copy people, but it does help us um, spur our own creativity by looking and seeing, well, what do we like? Because what we like is probably what we could maybe turn around and use that as an inspiration to create ourselves. Yeah. So we were talking about, about uh, overcoming fear of standing in front of the camera. We were talking about uh, the content, you know, how to uh, find the right content for our video. And obviously, one of the 
Um, I think biggest fear which people have, they they all not fear, but um, maybe the block why they don't do videos. They think that, you know, video is expensive to make and then they need to buy some equipment and stuff like this. And that's the whole tech, which you uh, which you mentioned at the beginning in, a, in a, like a third part. So um, talk us through this because I know that you will have definitely uh, a view on this, right? Yes. So the first thing is people need to recognize what works for one person might not necessarily work for you. So I always have people, first of all, really take a good look at what are your technical skills. If you are a kind of person who's real tech savvy, I might recommend one set of tools. But if you're a kind of person who goes in and says, I need things to be really, really simple, then I might kind of recommend more all-in-one tools where you do your editing, your captioning, you do everything in one. I get some clients who, if I give them multiple tools and they download their video, they go, I don't even know where it went. Like they just don't have a clue. So I always tell people, we need to meet you where you are and work from there. I don't make any assumptions. So with regards to tech, the first thing that I talk about is, do you want to use a phone or do you want to use a computer? Because that is going to be a totally different set of tools based upon that because we have our preferences. I personally, I do everything on my computer. My phone stuff is a real minimal part of what I do. So I'm more comfortable with computer tools, but I have clients that like to use you know, iPhones and stuff like that. So I have learned how to use simple programs and, and, you know, recommend which ones to use. And also a lot of people are not savvy on how do I get videos from my phone onto my computer? So if I can find tools that make that easier for them, that's important too. So again, are you a phone person? Are you a computer person? Are you tech savvy or are you tech like, you know, <laughs> horrified that those are important and then of course then there's a whole windows and apple thing so that that has to be as well so we have to kind of start breaking down all of those things before then i say okay now let's go with what tool would work best for you and then there's also the difference of are you wanting to be in front of the camera or do you want to kind of be behind the camera totally. Maybe you're not ready to be on camera yet. I wasn't for years. I was, um, I used Camtasia for years and years and years. And I was the omnipresent narrator. I would just talk in the background. I was never on screen. And then I made the transition by doing, you know, tools like Loom, where you're just this little circle bubble in the corner. And that was my sort of next stage where I could be on screen, but just a little part of me. And then one day, probably about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, I finally said, you know what, I'm just doing it. And I turned on the camera and I went in front of it and I never looked back, but I had to do it in a series of steps. And I recognize that people are like that too. And I'd rather people do the omnipresent narrator and not be on screen than not do video at all. So I mm -hmm. say, start where you are and let's make a strategy and a game plan. And that's key. That's key. You must have a strategy. Jillian, uh, yeah, I will be talking about the strategy as well. But before before we uh, go into that, I wanted to ask you, do you have any specific, um, just just few names? I understand that there are thousands and thousands of apps and, and platforms and whatever. But what are your personal choices or what, what, what are you happy with uh, and what would you recommend? 
Okay, if you are not tech savvy and you're a computer user, doesn't matter whether we're talking about having a Windows or a Mac, doesn't matter. I highly recommend either Veed.io or Capwing. Those are my two favorite ones for people to start with because it'll allow you to upload your video. You can do your editing, you can do your captioning, and you can make that letterbox format, which is the square video with the headline at the top and the captions at the bottom, all in one tool. So that's- and So that's Veed, the, it's a V-E-E-D dot I-O, right? And Capwing uh, is with a K at the beginning, right? Yep, yep, yep. And both of those have a, um, a, free, a free forever to get started with. I don't recommend staying on the free forever because there's going to be limitations, but it's a way that you could at least get in there, see if it's the right tool for you. I would say I prefer Veed over Capwing, you know, between the two of them. I, I just mm -hmm. prefer, I just prefer Veed. So I actually have a paid subscription to Veed myself. I've used the free version of Capwing so I can help people with either or, but those are the two that I recommend on a computer. Now, if you're on a phone, um, all disclosure, I am an iPhone user, so I don't have Android. I can recommend some Android to tools, but I don't have an Android, so it's not as easy for me. But with regards to an iPhone, I like ClipChamp. ClipChamp is a great tool to use, and that will allow you to do your editing and you can also do your captioning. And right now they're in beta. So they have a free forever program right now in beta. So that's a good one. If you want to do some fancy editing and kind of, you know, make that letterbox format on a phone, I would suggest using InShot. And InShot is a great app to use. It doesn't do the captioning. So that's where it gets a little squirrely on an iPhone because it's very difficult to find something that's going to make that uh, letterbox format and the captioning. So you're going to have to combine your two tools. I like to use Loom and that allows you to do the, um, the screen sharing and then you as the little circle. And right now you can use Loom on a desktop computer, Windows or Mac, doesn't matter. It also, you can use it on Android and iPhone. And so that's another great program that I like to use because it's flexible. And what I like about that for non-tech savvy people is if you record a Loom on your iPhone or Android, it's saved to the cloud so that if you go back to your computer, you, there's your video. You don't have to transfer it. You can just now download it and then caption it. So on a computer, I also like to use just for captioning. If you're just looking for a captioning tool, my number one pick is Subly. I love Get Subly. I'm a brand ambassador for them. I'm not paid. I just love it. I just love Subly. Um, I even have a snappy sweatshirt from them. So I absolutely love Subly. They have done great things. They're one of the newest kids on the block and they're so responsive to us coming out and doing different things. And they just came out with translations of subtitles too. So I think that's a really cool thing because especially with LinkedIn, it's a worldwide, this is a worldwide network. We mm. need to be able to have our captions and I'm a big fan of captioning. You need to have mm. your captions and be able to do that with translations as well. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, actually, I wanted to ask you, you know, um, where do you stand on captioning and why is it, why do you think it's important? 
It's huge. It's huge. I tell people that is, if you had to ask me, what's the biggest mistake that I see on LinkedIn with video, it's people not captioning their videos. Mm -hmm. So I do it for several reasons. Number one, it's a way to stand out. So you're standing out from other videos if you're putting your captionings, because then people know they have a hint of what your video is about, because the default is for videos to play with no sound. So it looks like a silent movie. You just look like your lips are moving and nobody knows what you're talking about. Plus also too, there are literally, you know, thousands, millions of people on this planet that are deaf and they rely on captioning. So if you're a kind person and you want to make your content accessible, then you should have captioning. Just like if you, your website, you might have uh, people who have vision problems. They use screen readers. They rely on us to make our content accessible. It's the right thing to do if you care about your fellow man on the planet to put those captions on. But also too, again, because LinkedIn is a you know worldwide uh, networking platform, many people who English is a second language, they rely on those captions. They don't know what you're saying. And if you have a strong accent wherever you are, and I have you know, I have an American accent. So somebody might not understand what I'm saying in a, in a different country. And so if they can read those captions, they have a better understanding of what I'm talking about. So those are three great reasons to have captionings. And it's just the right thing to do. And always, always, always do the captions. I never, mm -hmm. like even today, I did a short little video and I almost went without captions because I was kind of like not, it wasn't a full video. And I went, Nope, I'm going to do the captions. So it's just worth it. Yeah, um, we're still talking about tech, and uh, I wanted to ask you, what about what about the equipment? What uh, what do you what do you tell to your uh, clients? Do they what do they need? Start with what you have. You don't need fancy equipment. I don't have fancy equipment. I use my Mac. I have a Mac computer. I have an iPhone. It's like I don't even know. It's an iPhone 10. It's like nothing fancy. If you have a webcam, that's great. That's going to make a little bit of a nicer, you know, a nicer image. I tell people you don't need even fancy lights. If you just have good lights, I don't even have a fancy light right now. I'm just using the lights in my house. And I always tell people it, it matters where you set up your computer. Don't have the window behind you because now you look like you're in the witness protection program. You're all dark and nobody can see you. So even simple things like, you know, take your computer and make sure that the window is in front of you. Be looking into the light and that will give you some good light. So that's good. Have, um, I have a box that my, my computer is sitting on right now. That way, this computer is at eye level. These are, this is a box. Like this is like a cutlery set. <laughs> you know, there's nothing fancy here. So um, an iPhone is good. An Android is good. A Mac computer, a Windows computer, a webcam. If you don't have a laptop with the built-in um, camera, any of those is good. A microphone, you need to have a microphone. You can actually get away with not having 100% great sound on LinkedIn because most of the time, if you've got the captions, then the mm -hmm. default is that people aren't turning on the sound anyways. You can kind of get away with it, but it's just good practice to have a microphone. If I'm using my uh, camera, my cell phone uh, camera, I probably would use a lapel mic. So that's mm -hmm. what I usually do for that. But you could just use your earbuds that come with your phone. Those are good. Mm -hmm. A decent camera, lights, 
computer. You don't even need the green screen or anything fancy. I don't even have any of that stuff. So basic stuff, basic equipment. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so uh, another question which I which I would have, like, uh, so here we were, we were talking about the three aspects which you mentioned at the beginning, um, getting over the fear of actually doing the videos, then crafting the, the, the right message and, the, and then the tech. Um, I would like to ask you, what, what are your takes on different kind of videos which we can produce for, for LinkedIn? What are those and um, how would you mix them up? Well, you, you could do, like you said, so many different kinds of videos because you could be talking about, you know, just the content, but even just the style. So you can have your traditional talking head video. You can have a video where I do a lot of how-to explainer videos where I might show here, how, here's how you use Subly, here's how you use ClipChamp, you know, all these different programs, walking people through it. I love to talk about a program called Lumen5, which is a video through AI, where if you're a blogger, and I always tell people, this is a wonderful place to start. This is one of the places that I started. It, you can take your blog post, run it through Lumen5, and it actually creates that video for you. And you can tweak it, make it, and throw in music if you want. And there's no words, so you don't even have to do captions. And use that as a trailer to get people to go read your blog post and you can do that to, you know, put them even to a LinkedIn article. So how to videos are good screen sharing, you know, screen sharing videos, go out uh, customer testimonials. If you're doing an event, go and take pictures and videos of the event. People love behind the scenes. So if you, if you say, for instance, had a factory, you could go in and say, here's how we run this. Here's how this machine works. Here's, you know, let's go talk to Wanda. <laughs> She's the newest person on our team and get Wanda in there and let Wanda introduce herself. Or it could be Fred. It doesn't matter. I'm just making up names here. <laughs> but, but getting to know the people on your team are good. Um, thought leadership videos where you're just talking about what's going on in your industry. Um, there are so many different types of videos. And I suggest you kind of like mix it up a little bit. I found for the most part, it's really nice if you can kind of keep changing things up a little bit. So I did a video the other day where it had nothing to do with anything. I literally took people through a labyrinth. I was walking this labyrinth at a peace garden the other day. This had nothing to do about video, but it was about me. Who is Jillian the person when she's not doing video? She's at this really cool place. And I actually talked on the video, but then I did, um, oh gosh, for, for some, uh, when you, when you, B-roll, I did some B-roll where I took some shots of the garden. I took some shots of what it was like to be in the labyrinth. And then I mixed it up so that people weren't just looking at me. They were looking and seeing what I see as well as looking at me. And I broke it up. And that video got a lot of feedback. And people said, I felt like I was walking with you. So I drew people into my story by just having some B-roll footage. Sure. Um, Julian, I think, I think we could carry on uh, talking about videos for another couple of hours because uh, obviously it's, it's a, it's a hard thing for both of us. It's uh, very close to our hearts. Um, but before we go, I would like to ask you, uh, 
why do you think the video is so important and why would you uh, tell to your clients to to create the videos for LinkedIn? Because people people know you when you do video. It truly is part of that know, like, and trust. And especially in this time where we are not getting out and meeting people in person, video is a way to connect. And the best, best compliment you can ever get from someone is when you meet them in person or you meet them on a Zoom call and they say, I feel like I already know you because I've seen you on video. And if you think about it, you could have two guys that have the same kind of service and they're both wonderful and they both do a great job. But the one who is doing video is the one that's going to be remembered. It's going to be the one that we already feel comfortable and connect with. And if they show up and they're exactly like they are in the video, and that's why it's really important to be genuine and be who you are, you're more likely to want to do business with the person that you already feel comfortable with. And I think video allows us to feel comfortable with people. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, uh, Gillian, thank you very much for um, talking to us. And of course, at the end, I would like to ask you, where can people find more about you, where they can connect, connect with you? Connect with me on LinkedIn. That's where I hang the 24-7 all around the globe. Every time zone, I'm on LinkedIn. So just, just go to my LinkedIn profile and you will see me there. Or you can go to my digital business card, which is JillianWhitney.com. And that gives you all my links and my website and everything else. So either, okay. either one of those two places, you'll find me. So it's Jillian Whitney, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y, right? Right. Correct. Uh, perfect. Jillian, thank you very much for your time. It was um, it was a pleasure talking to you. And uh, I hope we can do it uh, some other time again, because I think there's still a lot to cover in terms of LinkedIn videos. Absolutely. And thank you. And it's an honor. I love your podcast. So it's a special thrill for me to be here as a fan. And now as a thank guest. You. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, Jillian. LinkedIn Smart Podcast was brought to you by Square Motion, a video marketing agency in Dubai. Need an engaging LinkedIn video? Go to squaremotion.me.